This is Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. Stanford, 90.1 FM. Ryan Atenea Americana. This is Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Ryan Atenea Americana. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para Radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Bienvenidos. Atenea Americana. Welcome. Bienvenidos. From Stanford to the world. This April, Dr. Alejandro Toledo who was president of Peru from 2001 to 2006, came back to U.S. to introduce his latest book. He also came with his wife, the renowned anthropologist Elian Cartolero, who was also inaugurating her book. Both of those books were written during their last years at Stanford University that ended in 2014. Toledo's book is called Peru Invisible, or Invisible Peru, which refers to her long life studies about the indigenous people of Peru. In this book, she proposed ways of how to fight for their rights, respect and preserve their culture and traditions, while at the same time helping them be part of a modernized and global economy and in conclusion ensured that they are part of a society and being always less invisible. Alejandro Toledo's book is called The Shared Society, a vision for the global future of Latin America and is about the path that Latin America should lead in the next years towards a more fair and sustainable society without poverty, illiteracy or malnutrition in the way of a more developed hemisphere by the year of 2050. In the back cover of Toledo's book, we find commentaries from presidents and scholars. One example is United States ex-president Bill Clinton. He wrote, As president of Peru, Alejandro Toledo confronted some of Latin America's biggest challenges. Today, he shares his vision for the region's future and offers a roadmap for promoting growth and creating the inclusive, prosperous society that is well within reach. After his introductory speeches at the University of California, Berkeley, University of San Francisco and Stanford University, he explained his vision for the region. He highlighted the potentials and the challenges of the people of the hemisphere. He also got questions from many attendants, some that we will show today. 
The first one is about the newfound interest that China is having on Latin America and how their economic interests have been moving towards the region. China is going like nobody's business and investing and buying on Latin America. They're doing all sorts of And they are now the most sophisticated entrepreneurs of the world. I have news for you. They are buying now land in Peru, in Colombia, and in Brazil. Land for agriculture. And that's big money. Thank God the probabilities for Venezuela to be the place of developing a nuclear weapon is considerably reduced. This paper at the Brookings Institution with a very hard data of the relationship between Venezuela and Iran about the development of nuclear weapons. Uranium from Bolivia. I think that we should not be afraid to play ball in a big field. That's consistent with my proposition that Latin America has a unique opportunity to be the promising continent in the world in the next 35 years. We need to diversify the sources of investment. We need to diversify the composition of a trade, foreign trade. But we also need to establish three rules of the game. I said investment, yes, that you need to comply with the social environmental responsibility in sectors where from where we get the greatest foreign exchange that we need. And it would be naive today to stop investment in that because we need the money to invest in the minds of our people. The question that the friend has asked. Because we are not in a position to redistribute poverty. But at the same time, I need to be emphatic about saying that we need to distribute better the composition of growth. And growth is only a mean and an We are living in a multipolar world, so we will not be excluded. What I'm saying is, why don't we get together this promising continent of Latin America together with Canada, the United States, and confront not only the challenge of narco-trafficking and organized crime, and build the strong democratic institutions that are accountable, but also we can share the technology that you have, and we can provide some of our own resources. We can provide your food. You know, I make ceviche over here in Peru and in, in the center with a Peruvian lemon. Now, thanks to the people. At Stanford, President Toledo was also asked about the challenge to democracy in the region and the situation in Venezuela. 
indispensable to govern democratic. What I forgot to say is that in the region, which is not a homogeneous one, there are some outliers countries with respect to democracy. And I like to go someone says Hugo Chavez and Mr. Inmaduro <laughs> are the ones who sponsor the path of giving fish away because they have an income based on the abundance of oil when the prices of oil were high. Instead of giving their people the right to learn how to fish. It's not only Hugo Chavez. I know, I know you're a Venezuela. Nicaragua, Bolivia, Ecuador. And I'm sad to say, with all due respect, I'm concerned about what's happening in Argentina. But that's part of the challenge, and that's the question of, the first question of Larry was very pertinent. We need to build strong democratic institutions that are accountable. And democracy means respect to the freedom of the press, respect the rights of every individual to have a different point of view, and having a different point of view is not a reason to be put in prison. You ask me what's the, what my relationship with the former Hugo uh, Chavez? <laughs> Let me be diplomatic. He was not my cup of tea. <laughs> that is not only him and I'm enrolled in the fight to help Venezuela and to the other countries because there were some countries in Europe and Latin America who helped me when we led a democratic coalition, put my life at risk, 17 death threats. And yet there were some head of states who received me as a rebel in the streets, helped me bring down a dictatorship, a corrupt dictatorship who was not Peruvian. And I don't know how it is in Venezuela, but in Peru to be a president, you need to be born in Peru. So you know what, that's what I think you, I think you know what I, what I think about Venezuela. So your question was very healthy provocative. At the end of the public questions, President Toledo sat with Dr. Larry Diamond to converse about his book and his vision. Here on one of the questions and comments. Put down some very, I'd say, uh, pointed markers. Uh, number one, that we should pay attention. Uh, you know, there's been a lot about the pivot to Asia the pivot back to Europe and the Middle East now, uh, at least we should pay attention to Latin America and give it its due share. I think you and others have been very forceful in saying it's got to be with a new attitude, that it's a peer relationship and not a domineering relationship. But, you know, some of us feel that, okay, then when we try and lead from behind, which has been the famous mantra, of the Obama administration. We don't get from sitting Latin American presidents. We get it from former Latin American presidents, the forceful leadership for democracy and the condemnation, for example, of a Venezuelan regime that is locking up the opposition leader, you know, engaging in murderous violence against its youth and so on and so forth. And then we go and put sanctions on some of the people responsible for these regime abuses, and it's the big bad United States again beating up on Latin America in a um, 
you know, in uh, in an arrogant fashion. So, what would you recommend uh, as the role and posture for the United States going forward in this vision you have? Not only obviously for your country, but for the Americas in general. First of all, the United States cannot be the police of the world. With respect to Latin America, we have enormous space for complementarities and a common challenges. The acting presidents today in Latin America, I don't want to get into Africa. I'm going to concentrate them on Latin America. The acting presidents of Latin America today who play a game of silent or closing their eyes to what is happening in Venezuela, in Nicaragua, in Ecuador, in Bolivia, um, or in Argentina, their silence is a good sign of complicity. If we don't do our job within our own region, in terms of strengthening democracy and be active on it, we are part of the complicity. The Organization of American States is based in the United States, there, you know. And we have signed the Inter-American Democratic Charter. In your country? In my country, during my government. September 11, 2001. Secretary Colin Powell was there. Couldn't leave the room because something happened over here. The OAS was responsible to implement as the child of democracy, to monitor the quality of democracy in the region. And yet, nothing happened. The United States is a major contributor to the OAS. You could have a better, uh, a much louder voice in not allowing the creation of other institutions that are manipulated by the oil money. I don't want to be part of that complicity. And that's why I raised my voice. I want you to know, I want Venezuela, Latin America knows that I'm a militant for the values of democracy and respect of human rights, freedom of press. Just because I have a different point of view from you, I'm not ready to accept that I'm subject to be in jail. Because I should have been in jail a lot of time for having said a lot of hands in the world. Let me tell you, I'm a, I'm a member of a team of vice presidents, including Felipe Gonzalez, Fernando Rica Cardoso, who is leading a new team of the defense of the Democratic Party. So, my friends, Larry has been a very rich and it's a good thing that I didn't go through all these lives because you would have been disappointed because you would have no watching a lot of figures and said, look at the numbers that I produce. Here, look at the numbers that we have as well. I wanted to have the chance to do this question and answer. And again, I want to repeat what I said. I'm in doubt to see the idea at all to uh, School of Education, the Latin American Studies Center, the Freedman's Institute, Stanford University, who has shaped my life in a more one way. I don't know what destiny will take me from here on, but I promise you that you will see me be an actor in this fight for democracy. Thank you. presentation of their books, the Toledos travel for a few days to other universities around the country and international discussion planners, then back to Peru, 
where they are working in to apply all their ideas to improve their country and even the whole region. And this was Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Stanford 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. This is Radio Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para Radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Vuelve pronto. From Stanford to the world. Remember to come back soon. Ciao. See you later.